You are listening to Church Tech Profiles, episode 20 for the week of April 5th, 2021. Dennis Choi. Well, welcome everybody to another edition of Church Tech Profiles. I'm Van Metzke, your host, and with us today is Dennis Choi. Dennis is the technical director for Saddleback Church, just this little tiny church that you may have heard of, I don't know, and um, with this up-and-coming pastor, Rick Warren. He's, he's, he might, he might do something someday. Uh, but Dennis and I have been friends for, uh, I don't know how long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a long time. Long yeah. Time. So how, how are you doing, Dennis? Man, I'm doing great, man. And, uh, you know, I always love talking with you. You, you spark so much in my brain as we talk and thoughts and ideas always spill out. So I love, and I love this community, obviously. And, being on on this so thanks for inviting me really absolutely well i mean you're you're one of the first ones on the list it just took a long time to get going because your life was your life has been crazy we'll talk about that in a minute um but dennis and i've known each other for 20 years at least probably i mean i remember um because you were and we'll talk about this but you when you were at north coast um and and that was starting to blow up to doing multiple uh, venues and all this kind of stuff. Um, I remember uh, Ken Robertson, who was the tech director then of Saddleback back in yep. those days when, and I was the head of audio there. Um, uh, that's how I met you because you had met Ken and I met you through that. And so then we started. And then of course, all through the, um, I, don't, I don't know, church uh, tech directors round table and, and, Every, I, I, everything i mean all the and all versions of that right, right yeah. <laughs> all iterations of that gurus of tech all the wfx uh you know um we, we share the same heart yeah we like share the that, same yeah. heart man i mean yeah. we both love this community no matter what we're doing whether yeah. we're you know right in it or not yeah you, know, you and i have always uh, shared that. that's what i love about you man no matter what for this community this production church community that has always been sort of the side or behind the scenes or put back, you know, that, that you and I, uh, I've seen you just care so much for it in so many ways. So I'm, I'm with you, man. That's, that's why we're friends. We've been friends for so long. Yeah. Share well, that Ellie, right. Well, yeah, absolutely. And you know, one of the things I'm, I mean, we're going to talk about because this is church tech profile. So we have to talk about you. Uh, one of the, but one of the things about you, I have, you're probably the person that I've quoted the most, um, with this one phrase. So very years ago, they tried to do a WFX, um, in Cal- Southern California. Um, they did it in San Diego. Yeah, it was yeah. a complete and utter disaster. But one of the greatest things that came on is I sat in the audience and you were on a panel there. I, I don't even remember who else was on the panel. Honestly, don't remember. I, I remember you were on the panel and you said something that I have quoted a hundred times and really changed my, uh, you know, kind of how I thought about being, cause I was a, you know, I was, I don't think I was a tech director. Yeah, I was, I was the, uh, well, I was assistant tech director at Mariners. I think when, when that happened. So, um, you said, uh, I, I don't want my, my wife or my kids to hate Basically, you said this a paraphrase. I don't want my wife and my kids to hate Jesus because over the church because I am not a good steward of my time. Yeah. And you didn't say it exactly that way, but I mean that was basically the gist of it. Because I can't get because I'm not a good schedule over my time or I don't honor my time and with my family and everything because I'm always doing stuff for the church and my family ends up resenting Jesus of the church that's my fault. That's not their fault. That's not God's fault. And that's not the church's fault. And that, that has, that really impacted me. Mm. And, uh, I don't even know if you remember saying it, but (laughs) I've actually heard you say it, uh, in other events, but that was a huge thing for me. And it definitely changed how I thought about what I did, Mm -hmm. you know, as a, working at a church and uh, so that was, it's one of the, I think that's one of the things that endeared you to me um, early on was that I, I was like, yeah, that's, you know, and we see that all the time now. I mean, I, I think you and I still talk to tons of technical people in church that, um, that don't 
that don't value that don't value your time and then they blame the church because they don't they're not good they can't keep a good calendar so what i want to do though is uh you know, most people that listen to this podcast probably know you through events and different things like that. And obviously you've been on tons of podcasts with us all through the years and everything like that. And on the Philo podcast and MXU and all the different stuff. But, um, uh, I wanted to just talk about a little bit of your history. Cause that's what kind of what we do here at this, on this podcast yeah. is kind of go back and say, well, where did you start? What were your beginnings? And I know you have a fun, I mean, you didn't actually start out to be a tech director um <laughs> so so kind of what's what's your history of of yeah. how did you, how did you get you know into this mm-hmm. that's good yeah so yeah my uh my passion was to be in ministry uh right out of high school um i was uh my home church is a church in whittier called whittier area it's called whittier area community church now but used to be whittier area baptist fellowship all the Baptist churches, you know, took Baptist out of the, the, the name, you know, that did happen. Yeah. <laughs> more, more seeker friendly, <laughs> but yep. that was my home church. Um, and I wanted to be a youth pastor uh, because of the youth ministry there that I grew up in and just love the church. And, um, but at the same time, that church, uh, was pretty progressive in, um, using technology. They had bought um, a video projector. This is, I'm going to date myself, but man, this was like in the eighties, you know, they had a video projector. Everybody was using slides back then, you know, you had to load yeah. the slides for the words and like crazy, right? No, they bought this projector. It was probably like 200 lumens. I mean, or maybe like, maybe it was 150 lumens. So pitch dark room, but man, we had a projector. We could do all kinds of things. And then they bought, um, a video studio, like a, a bunch of studio equipment from a, from a, a video company that was going out of business. Um, but the, at that church, we did <clears throat> we did choir, um, we did a full band, we did orchestra, we did drama, we did I mean everything. It was just like whoa! I didn't think churches could do all this stuff. Like you know, and they blended it all, like an orchestra with a band. Like it was just like you, you had one or another, a choir at the same time you have a band. Whoa, that's weird. You know, electric guitar, plus. And so just all that together was, I, I, as a youth pastor there, I, I got to play with all that stuff because that's what every youth pastor does, right? They play with all the gear when people aren't using it. And, you know, as a church, churches usually don't use the equipment as much as you think they would. So everybody else gets to play with it. So I, I was playing with that stuff. I was recording things and audio, I was doing video stuff, I was lighting. We had a, you know, a bunch of old Lecos and stage lights, but we had a bunch of them and, you know, two scene board, like, you know, you, you, you know so we would do big Christmas plays with drama and, and music. And, and so I got to play with all that stuff as a youth pastor um, uh, growing up. Um, but I was a youth pastor. So I uh, continued. I worked full time. Like most, most youth pastors, I had to work full time, a full time job, and then do youth at night, youth ministries at night. I did that for years until finally um, I was, I remember the day I was working at a company called American Funds, full time job, corporate job. But then I was being a junior high youth pastor, um, you know, at night. And I just said, God, man, why, why can't, all I'm doing is the, the nine hours a day plus driving, all this stuff I'm doing is just to earn a paycheck so I could do ministry. Why can't I do it all together? Just the nine hours plus of my life would all go towards ministry. Opportunity opened up at a church called North Coast Church. Um, they were looking for a junior high uh, pastor, and I, I, I knew a couple of the people there, a couple of the pastors there, and they asked me out of the blue if I wanted to come up, and and so I went, and uh, you know it was history from there. Uh, was there at North Coast for for twenty five years, but as you said, you know, again, I started as a youth pastor there, and then a couple years in. Uh, there was this little idea called the video venue, you know, that started uh, at North Coast. And it was like, hey, you know, we want to, you know, broadcast over to that room over there, but we want a full band in there and we want to do all these other, we don't want it to be a punishment like an overflow room. And so that kind of birthed this video cafe idea of like a service, but really only the, the message is piped over everything else is live, which was a little different than the world, right? At that time, it was all just overflow rooms, like just pipe yeah. stuff in. And so we created this environment and, and it, it just took off. As you know, Van, it just took off. We added another venue, a different style, a traditional venue. Then we started an edge venue there. So we started taking over all these little warehouses around us. And then we had to get a feed everywhere. And we had to do it live. And then we had to pre-record record as well and playback. And so 
that's when they said, man, we need somebody to lead this all. We need to build a team. And because of my youth ministry background and, you know, um, doing uh, audio, video, lighting for the church just, just for fun, they said, man, do you want to you take this and, and build a team? And uh, so that's what started uh, really my production career was at North Coast Church. And uh, then it just kept growing. You know, more departments were added uh, under my, uh, under me, just related, you know, well, why don't you take IT too? And why don't you, and then pretty soon it was departments that weren't related, <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> just throw them all under you too and just keep going, yeah. um, you know, until um, really, you know, some of you know my story, but then it, until it all kind of crashed, I didn't, I didn't actually listen to my own words, man. Nah. The, you know, in, it, we can talk more, but my, my burnout, it happened, uh, made some dumb mistakes and, uh, you know, resigned, uh, just still great friends with, with Larry and Chris, the pastors there. I've just talked to them all the time, but, um, that was a, a rough, I just, I burned out and I, I made mistakes, but it was because of the burnout really is, is, you know, you look back, you don't, I didn't even know. Right. And I didn't even know it was burned out, you know, and that I didn't really heed the words. Um, I had a, my family still, love, we, you know, uh, our relationship is better than ever now, but I was a zombie for half of my life at, at North Coast, and I didn't even know it. Even though I was trying to put my family first, uh, I wasn't really there for them. And it's been yeah. great because I've talked to some guys. I did some stuff at Philo and a couple other you know conferences about my burnout and have had some great conversations with guys around the country because uh, it is. It's a sneaky man. You know this uh, as well as I do the makeup of a, a, a typical church production person is somebody that is super high loyal usually, right. Is yeah. will just, they'll, they won't complain. They'll just put their head down and work, right. They just, just going to get it done. Uh, they're behind the scenes, hidden in the shadows. So you really don't stand out anyway. Uh, you, you know, um, they're just super faithful. Um, and, and so these are all incredibly great qualities, right. Of a person, but when you don't realize, go go unneglected, go go not no attention, or uh, it's a dangerous zone. Yeah, because you won't even know you burned out because it's all about great reasons. Like I'm serving and I'm I got a calling for ministry and and all these things, and and then you turn around and you go, whoa! Even even the, what I didn't realize, man, is I didn't think you could burn out at a place you love. <laughs> I knew you could do it at a place you don't like, right? If yeah, that happens yeah. all the time when you don't like a place, you're like, I'm done. This is. But I didn't think you could do that at a place you love, man. And right. that's what was scary is realizing that and, and understanding that. And that's what I'm that's one of my things right now I'm sharing with people. It it can sneak up on you. You wouldn't even know it. So Yeah. Well, and that's you know, and that I think that's one of the things that's, you know, super, super important. And and one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is because I know that, you know, you've been doing this for a long time. And I think a lot of uh, folks that listen to this podcast are just starting out they're young you know we have a huge young i mean you guys you and i are like the old we're the old yeah. guys right i mean oh, we're yeah. the you know and and um you know most people don't last in tech ministry um i was in full-time tech min i mean i was in tech ministry my whole life but i wasn't actually on staff paid for 20 almost 21 years but i did it at four different churches so i kind of re invigorated myself every five or six years, you know, but you know, I, I, you know, I, I totally get it. And I think there's a lot of people out there that are, you know, you said they're loyal, they don't complain. And I thought to myself, well, you know, it's funny, they probably do complain, but it's in their office by themselves. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. You know, they do it at three o'clock in the morning when everybody else is asleep and they're still yeah. programming lights, they're complaining, you know, um, uh, but yeah, it's very easy to do. And it's very, I, I think one of the things I love about you is that you've been very open and honest about it. And, and, uh, you know, it's the, one of the biggest things is that, you know, it's physician heal thyself as my mom always used to say, mm -hmm. I think that's, I think that's a biblical reference, you know, but, yeah. uh, you know, it's easy for us to say these things, but it's hard for us to actually do them, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, so I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're, telling your story and, and getting it out there. And, and one of the things that I think is cool is that, um, a lot of people 
will think, oh, these guys have got it together. They've been doing it a long time. That's that's how they've lasted because they've got it all together. Um, but it it's a struggle whether you've been doing this for five years or twenty five years. It's Absolutely. you gotta you gotta you gotta think, yeah. think about it's, that. No, that's too bad. It's funny. I was I was talking to somebody the other day, and you know, we were talking about just just production work in general. You know, if you're on tour or if you work at a church or if you work at some big arena, just production work in general is hard work. It's, it's just hard work. I mean, you know, it's, it's a lot of late nights. It's load in, load out. It's fixing all kinds of problems. It's always a curveball. Like, I want to hang this point here. Well, it's not going to work there. You're going to move it over 10 feet. And you're like, what? Wait, right. I mean, there's always something you're trying to solve, fix, or do, and you need resources and people to do it. And it's just hard work in general, right? Yeah. Regardless. So then you add the layer of ministry onto it, <laughs> the expectations of people around you who don't understand this world at all. They don't understand what it takes to hang a TV over there or get a sound system working in here. They don't, right. they think you just flip a switch and do it, right? We've talked about this before. And so you add that whole layer on, you're like, wow, this is a really hard job, right? Yeah. Like with, with all that, it's it's hard in general, but it, it it's even, there's a whole other layer of people and dynamics and expectations that are upon you that are all like immediate. I need this now. What do you mean? I can't get that. Why can't, you know, and you get that and you go, man, why would anybody ever want to get into this? <laughs> you yeah. know, for, right? Well, I think and, you have the tyranny of the now, which is in church all always. I mean, I've never been in a job where it wasn't like that. And then the other thing is, I think, I mean, I'm hearing this, but we're not talking about it, but, but we, you and I have actually talked about this. There is spiritual warfare that's happening in church staffs all the time because the devil doesn't want this to succeed, but we don't talk about it. Yeah. It's, it's almost never talked about, but it's there. And, and, you know, I mean, it's way easier to take a, it's way easier to take an institution out from the inside than it is from the outside. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, I, I love you said that because really, um, you know, by God's grace and mercy, um, Saddleback heard my whole story and said, we're second chance grace place church. That's who we are. And we'd love for you to be a part of this. And uh, I was just blown away, you know, that, that God, is saying, Dennis, you still need to use your gifts and talents. Um, you know, you're, you, you didn't spend 25 plus years, um, you know, developing them and, and work in, and then just to go work in, you know, in the marketplace, which is certainly a great thing for people. That's not a bad thing, but it's just like, yeah. you know, you know, have had several pastors, my old pastor Chris rounds and same thing. It's like, I, I just, you've been shaped and made in a way that you need to serve the church. Mm -hmm. you know, that's where your gift is. And so, right. um, so this opportunity came up, uh, John Cassetto loved him to death. Um, just, uh, we've talked, we've been friends for years and we talked and it was like, this is, is it. So I, I came in to Saddleback though, with a different, an attitude I've never had before. And, and it, it, it goes with a little bit of, of my saying of the, never want my, you know, my family mad at, at, at the church or Jesus Christ, my work ethic, but, it really was this um, renewal of, I need to be spiritually healthy. And it sounds so funny and basic, man. It really does. It's like, of course you need to be. What do you mean? It's like, yeah, but working at a church, I felt like I was surrounded by that and didn't need to put any effort in Yeah, to be spiritually healthy, right? Because I'm around it all the time. What do you mean? My boss is a pastor. So I'm a pastor. What, you know, what do you mean? It's like everything I do. What do you mean? I have to look up verses when I, when I lead a meeting. It was like, that doesn't make you spiritually healthy, man. Well, and you're, you're, you're also seeing, uh, the, what, you know, what we always jokingly call the dark underbelly of, of having to get church done every week. And you're seeing people who need Jesus, which includes us, um, make mistakes and say the wrong thing and offend people and, 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 and make, you know, and, and, and upset people yep. and be completely inconsiderate and all the things, um, you know, that uh, supposedly when you work at church, you know, that's everything is sunflower and, and rainbows and, and it's amazing and you don't see it. And if you're not spiritually healthy, that chips away at you. Absolutely. And, and I could see, you could go in being spiritually healthy in a good place. And like you said, it just chips away at you over time. 
yeah. maybe because you got you, you, you know you, you god's grace and mercy is real it applies to everyone yeah everyone not just a, including the pastors that lead you yeah right but we yeah. forget that we've mm -hmm. and, it, and it's it's easy to forget that because we're in this holy place or we work for this place and i just gosh i just said I'm, i i just i'm not gonna i'm gonna do it differently i'm gonna i'm gonna lead this team with spiritual health as the number one thing not the two or three like skill level you know always proficiency in what you do uh yeah. yeah those are great things and they're really important when you do a high school job but yeah. i just said man that's not going to be my focus in leading you know i'm going to make sure right. people are spiritually healthy first then all those other things we need help and skill we need help all these things but and so that's been really my thing you know that since i i started this you know um months ago and uh, been the focus we do every thursday we do a check-in um a spiritual check-in time for the team and it's it's i don't know if i told you we talked about this uh so really uh because i've had some people say well how do you okay how do you get your team on track how do you get them spiritual well, it, it's still organic there's no like oh you do these five things and then your team will be spiritually healthy right <laughs> it, it's like you and me we, there's no i can't tell you that just do this and you'll be spiritually healthy it's like no it starts with you as the leader it starts with you being spiritually healthy. you know for me it started with reading going back and reading the bible man just to read it though just to read it, not to go, I got to set up for a Bible study I'm going to lead. I got to get a couple verses that I need to share with the team. I got to look these things up. I got to do those things. It's like, no, no, no. I just, Pastor Rick said something early on uh, back in April, really. And he did it in a message a couple times. And my wife and I both were like, hmm. He's, he does this thing called his word, first word, his word, last word. Um, and uh, he said, hey, just do this for seven days. Just in the morning. First thing you do, put a Bible right by your bed. First thing you do, get up in the morning, just read that Bible. Just read it until something hits you. And then the last thing you do at the end of the day is take that Bible before you, you know, you're about ready to close your eyes and read the Bible until something hits you. Yeah. And he said, do that for seven days and see what happens. So my wife and I remember hearing that message back in April and we said, let's do it. Okay, cool. We did it. And we did it. And we kept doing it. And seven days passed and 10 days passed and 40 days passed and 100 days have passed and now it's like it's it's almost been a year uh, i use the u version the bible app right and it just tells me how many times i you know opened it up right. and it's been over you know over 52 weeks that i've morning and night i've, I've opened it and read it just to read it yeah. not not to you know get and that to me i just hadn't done that in so long then just yeah. i needed that like what's going to hit me not what do I think is going to hit my team? Not what's going to hit, right? Well, this is going to apply great to these guys. It's like, no, no, no. What is, how does it apply to me? That's all yeah. I, so that was kind of the baseline that started the sort of spiritual health, re, re, re health and journey. And then I've been pushing that to the team in a couple of different ways that, have, that, that. Well, yeah, let's, we, we can talk about that. Yeah. I, I will tell, I tell people all the time, I said, look, one of the things that, and, and I'm not a perfect person. You know me very well. And I'm not, I'm a, I'm a big, dumb goofball, even at my age. Uh, and I got a lot to learn and I'm, you know, um, uh, and I need God's grace every day for sure. One of the things though, that has really has helped me be more faithful, ask for forgiveness quicker, uh, pray more was when, I don't know, like, I don't know, six, seven years ago, I, I have a really hard time reading actually reading. So what I did is I started listening to the daily audio Bible podcast, which is old Testament, new Testament, Psalms yeah. and Proverbs yeah. every single yeah. day. And they go through the Bible and Brian goes through the Bible in a year and I listen to it. Now, some days I have to listen to two or three because there's a day I couldn't listen or whatever happened or whatever, but I will tell you, it didn't make me a perfect Christian, but it kept God in my, in my focus so much more hearing because i'm a visual and audio learner yeah, like yeah. like and i see things and i hear things i i remember them a lot more reading i'm not great at i've never my reading comprehension is fine but i'm just not a great reader yeah and so for me i can i that was a game changer for me and I tell people that all the time. I said, look, if you have trouble reading the Bible, I'm not saying don't read the Bible, but I'm saying if you have trouble being consistent, 
start with that. Start with the daily audio Bible, because at least you're, you're, you know, it's what goes into a man, right? You know, and what comes out of a man. So, uh, you know, so that was a big thing for me. So just, just making that change was huge. And now I've been doing it for, I don't know, six, seven years, you know, and it's, it's, I'm not saying it's made me a better person, but I think it probably has made me a better person. And it certainly puts God in my sights every day. Yeah. And that's, you know, and, and people can say, well, you worked at a church and, you know, and even now with me, 99% of the people that we, that we help are churches. So I'm talking to churches all the time. I'm going to church services all the time. I'm interacting with people at church all the time. Um, and, uh, but still you cannot have God in your, you cannot have God in your crosshairs, even if you work at a church. Right. You know, no, absolutely. It's still takes the discipline on yourself. And again, yeah. I, I forgot that too. I, I mean, I, it, it's, it, the more you can surround yourself, you know, it's like you, you read something today. I read something this morning and yeah, it was like, yeah, cool. That was, yeah, cool. But I know like maybe a couple of days from now or weeks from now, it's going to hit me. It's, it's like food you eat, right? You, you, the food you eat today doesn't always just nourish you today. No. Right. Cause if you don't have food tomorrow, it's like you're using the food you had yesterday. Yeah. That's a good thing. Glad you ate yesterday. Right. Or today. Right. And so, that that's kind of the, the the whole take on this is, is spiritually feeding yourself as much as you can, you know, till you're full, like, you know, uh, right. because you're going to need it at some point and, and you won't even, you know, you know, and you, hopefully you had it, you hopefully had it there ready to go. Uh, you, you nourished yourself. And that's kind of that idea of just doing, doing whatever you can to nourish yourself. Well, and you only have so much room in yourself. Yeah. So if you fill it up, you know, like when I listen, it's so funny. Cause like right now, you know, right at this point in the Bible, uh, uh, doing a daily, you know, doing a daily Bible, you know, doing yeah. a Bible in a year right now, it's a lot of Leviticus and numbers right. and right. Right. this, this person begat this person and don't eat. You can eat this insect because it has three talons, but you can't eat this sect insect because it has two talons and you know you can't eat a pig because it has split hoofs but doesn't eat its cud and blood you know there's a lot of that going on in the bible right now and so you can be thinking oh man this is like this is painful and i honestly don't love listening to the first when we when we go through the first part of the old testament you know Uh, but here's the thing i find myself after seven years and i you know i've been a christian since i was i don't know in fourth grade, you know? Um, but I find myself being able to actually bring up Bible verses to help me, not to help other people, but to help myself, you know, to say, Oh, that's, you know, that's the Bible verse. Well, it says this, it says that, and just hearing it line upon line, precept upon precept, right? That's what the Bible says is just, uh, been a game changer for me. And the thing is, is that if you fill yourself up with it in the morning, then you don't have as much room for other crap that can easily get into your brain and start taking us over. Right. Because we keep hearing God's voice saying, Nope, look, I paid the price for you. You are worthy because I made you worthy. You are good because I made you good. You are pure because I made you pure, not of your own, but I still made you pure. And, you know, having the Bible in you helps you to, because self-talk's a real thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the devil attacks, especially like tech people are all kind of, you know, we're all passive aggressive, whether we're introverts or extroverts. That's kind of a trait of being a tech person. And we can easily self-destroy ourselves. Mm-hmm. We never tell people that, but we can, we're doing it inside. But when you fill yourself up with 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 God's word, then you can, you remember, no, God says I'm worthy, but I'm, God says that I'm worth yeah. it and got, you know, and, and, uh, cause it's hard. Cause like you said, going way back to the beginning, uh, no one understands tech people, you know, and, and something else you said that, uh, that I, that I quote all the time too, is that all tech people live under this thing where batting a thousand mm-hmm. is expected. You know, except that we don't get the big paychecks like they do in baseball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine what somebody would get paid if they had to, if they bat a thousand? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, what are the big, what are the, what are the biggest players in the, in, in baseball? What are they batting? No, three, 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 300, 50, maybe. Yeah. 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 
yeah, not, yes. even, a third, not even a third. I mean, if we, if we, in, in, if we were tech people in church and we only batted 300, we'd all get, we'll be fired or replaced. Right. right, right. <laughs> so yeah, that's a and, lot, that's a lot yeah. of pressure. Right. It is. And you know, like, you know, it's, we're not supposed to get any attention when we bat a thousand. No, that's the thing. Like we're supposed to bat a thousand, but you're not ever supposed to get recognized for that. That's supposed to be normal. Yeah. Like that's, that's the normal the- line. The expectation line is everything goes perfect. Yeah, you know, you you know, it's only you notice when things dip down past that. Like, well, it wasn't perfect. Well, how come that wasn't perfect? It's like, whoa, but it was pretty perfect. What do you mean? You know, it's yeah. like, like yeah. there's no room for that gap. Of there's literally no job. There's no, literally no other job in church ministry right. that has that standard. Uh, yeah, there isn't. <laughs> there isn't. Yep. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's the perfect is normal for us, and we don't expect a pat on the back for it. No. You know, it's nice when we get it, but that's not what we signed up for. We didn't, we don't expect that. Yeah. That's where that stress that I think tech people have the ability to handle a lot of stress, man. Mm-hmm. More, I think I really do. I think more than normal, they yeah. will take, they can take that on, but it still gets to us, right? It still gets oh, yeah. to us. Oh, stress, ab- it absolutely right? does. It's yeah. a cracking point for anybody. We just can handle a lot more of it. So yeah. we get thrown a lot of things. And it's like, whoa, this is a high stress environment, especially in a live environment, right? It's like, whoa, everything's yeah. going right now. You got to make a decision quickly. Boom. Yeah, do that, do this. But at some point it still affects us, right? right. Especially over time. Well, and it's, I think pastors look at you when you're doing your job well and say, oh, he can take, he or she can take on, well, right. they're really good at that stuff. So I'm going to give them that too. And I'm going to give yeah. them that too. And like you just said, like where you came from, you all of a sudden you were doing all these, you had all these people uh, all these, uh, these, uh, disciplines that were under you that a lot of it, you weren't even like, you're like, I don't even know why I have that. It's just because you were good at managing things, you know? And then, but, but what happens is there comes a point where it falls off the cliff. Like you can only handle so much. Anybody can only handle so much. And then, so that's, you know, yeah. so that's where it happens. But and, and that's, what's great because as production people at churches, small or large, um, you do, you probably do, if you do your job well, you do rise up the ranks because people trust you, you're loyal, uh, you can handle a lot of stress, you can make things yeah. happen, right? Those are all great things, but unchecked, they also can be bad things that yeah. they can lead to burnout easily, right? And not even know it. And then well, we fight and- it, push it behind us, right? Yeah. Well, I, on our refrigerator, my wife has a sticker that says stress is when your when your body says, don't do that, but your mouth says no problem. <laughs> right. That's that. And we do that all the time, right? We, we go, Oh yeah, we, I can, okay, fine. I'll take care of that. You know, I'll do that. Whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah that was some, so guys, some of the guys have asked, I've shared some of the stuff about the burnout and those are, well, how, you know, how, were there warning signs? And I said, yeah, there were a ton of warning signs. I just ignored them. Yeah. My wife would ask me about those warning signs, and I would ignore them. Like, I had high blood pressure, man. Right. Like, I had high blood pressure, and I was like, went to the doctor. I was like, whoa, blood pressure's high. Um, we'll give you some medicine. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. Never yep. say a word about it again. Not talk to anybody about it. It's like, that's a warning sign. That's your body saying, whoa, something's right. going on. Yep. Right? But we just fix it real quick, and we keep running. Yeah, I can't. I can't have time to stop for that. I mean, so there. Yeah, there's physical signs. There's things that, but we still have to listen to them. We still have to react to them. Yeah. You know, body starts breaking down and things. And it's like, why? Because you're pushing yourself too hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that makes sense, right? Well, but and we, we do tend to just suck it up and and just go. That's you know. Part of our, yep. That's part of our makeup. It makes yeah. us great, but it also can take us down completely. Yeah. And we have to know that, right? We have to know that. Yep. Yep. Well, I want to talk about a little bit about uh, what, so what are you guys doing? What's, what, what have you done with your staff? Um, cause I, cause I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of people listen to this podcast are like, well, I'm a volunteer tech director and I have all other volunteers and most tech directors have mostly volunteers. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, half my, half my, half my years in church, I had a staff cause I worked at two giant churches and the other two, I had me and mostly volunteers. Right. Uh, but, and a lot of tech 
people at tech production, people, uh, leaders are volunteer themselves, right. you know, right. but I still think that no matter what, um, you can have devotions, you can have a, a system where people yeah. can get spiritually fed. How are you, how yeah. are you implementing that? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, so another saying I've, I've used over and over again is, you know, it's, it's not a responsibility as a production leader to spiritually feed our team. It's to make sure they're spiritually fed. Well, that is true. Partially it is, it doesn't mean you can't spiritually feed your team. Right. But here's, so this is what I did, man. Uh, I remember the very first meeting with the team. Uh, this was our staff team, you know, quite large. And I said, you know, I said, Hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to, I want to make sure I'm, I'm going to make sure you're spiritually healthy, but there's, there's only so much I can do. So I said, I remember we had a meeting. I said, okay, guys, Hey, let's take a second right now. Everybody, we'll just go around the room, you know, the Zoom call. Everybody, you know, give me a number between one and five where you're at spiritually. And of course, everybody's eyes were like, well, wait, what? <laughs> what? I'm going to, I'm going to give you a number. Uh, hold on. You know, and then, you know, so I, I saw the fear in everybody's eyes and the deer in the headlights thing. And I said, hey, you know, actually, actually, just think about that tonight. And then tomorrow morning we'll meet. And that'll be one of the questions I'll ask. Okay. Everybody yeah, that's the worst. That's that's a terrifying question for tech people. Isn't it? It is, isn't it? Right. <laughs> and so it was great. So I remember this clear day. The next next morning of the team, I said, "Hey guys, you know, remember what did I ask this? I, I want to get a number from one to five. Where are you at spiritually? You know, just just tell me where you at spiritually. You know, just be as honest as you want to be." And one after another, every single one of them said the same thing that I would have said too. If somebody asked me, it's like, "Man, I I debated all night." I, I went in my head like, well, if I say too high a number, then you'll think I'm super spirit, you know, too spiritual. If I say too low of a number, like you can't do that in church. You can't yeah. say that low of a number, right? So I just went back and forth. So then we started getting like 2.6. I'm a 2.6 out of five. You know, I'm a 3.1. Right. Uh, I'm a one of them said I'm a one right now. And, it, and so they each went through a number, yeah. right? And I said, you know what? Here's the cool thing. You all passed. There's no right or wrong number. That yeah. number's between you and God. I need a reference. So you could have told me whatever you wanted. But the number's between you and God. I'm really, the, the part I care about is that you're moving that number forward, even slightly. Right. Even like yeah. 0.00001 today. If you moved it 0.0001 today, that's a good thing. If you stayed the same yeah. or dropped, then I'm going to go, ooh, what happened? How, what's going on? And so that became the, the check-in number. Like, what's your number? You can tell me whatever number you want. I don't, don't really care about that. I'm just listening right. for the reference. Like, if you say you're a one, well, tomorrow, hopefully next week you'll say you're a two or a four or right. three or 1.4, <laughs> right? And so that's kind of what we do regularly is as is, 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 is long as we can meet on Thursday, you know, there's been times we, we, you know, I'll do a text and I'll say, hey, what's your number kind of thing. And so we, we sort of, that's been the focus. So it's not really about what you do. It's about checking that your number. So then the, the rest of the time is filled in with ideas and thoughts on like, hey, you know, man, I, I heard this song the other day. It's really cool. You know, you, you know, you guys should listen to it. It really hit me. Oh, cool. Hey, I read this book, man. It's really cool. Throw, you know, and so it's more ideas after that on how to move your number forward. Right. Give me, give me a thought. Give me a verse. Right. In in something that that spurs, you know, the next the next uh, uh, line. And uh, and so that's been kind of the start of getting the the team on track spiritually and spiritually healthy. And it's it has it's really been amazing. I mean, I can't I can't tell you how many stories over and over again. It's like, man, we do this as a production team. You know, usually we just like pray and then you go, what's on the agenda for today? Right. You know, right. So, and you get and how, how often do you meet with your team uh, to do this kind of stuff? Yeah. So we do it, do it every third. We have been trying to do it every Thursday. Like I said, there's been a couple times when we can't meet on Thursday because of the things, but I would send a text or something and say, you know, what's your number? Where yet? Is it, have you moving it forward? Um, sort of as that check-in. The, the thing I guess, man, is, is, you know, everybody can do it a little differently. I just, have made it a conscious thing that I'm going to check right every week as, as long as it takes, you know, I don't know, two years from now, you might ask me and I go, Oh, we stopped doing that a while ago. And I'm like, idiot. I should keep doing that again. Right. Uh, but right <laughs> now for my, you know, the conscious of the team, not yeah. just, and it's me too. Like, I'm not saying well, you guys need to be spiritually healthy. It's like, no, this is me. I need someone to ask me too every week. 
Yeah. So it's, it's the leader too, not just the people. And so we're doing this together. What's your number? What's your number? You know, where are we going? How, you know, what's that number looking like? You know, are you moving it forward? What do you need help with? Is there, is there stuff we can help you with? Is there stuff we can talk about? Is there, you know, those kind of things. And so that's been the weekly uh, a meeting. And so a lot of themes have come out of that. You know, I, I have run my board behind me. I think it's the same, it's the same God. You know, been going through a lot of just, tons of stuff regathering uh this light of the world thing we did in december like drive through this massive drive with all these crazy huge projects that that have never really been done before at saddleback i know a lot of the stuff has been done but nothing that looks like this you know it's always, it's always, it's always a new day yeah right? it's always massive but you know we just there was so much worry and anxiety with the team because yeah. of of so much work and so many things and i felt it too but you know what? Then we they started reading verses. I started sending verses. So I will text a verse to the team. I did it for like a, a two week time period or a one week time period. And the theme was any verse that talked about uh, do not fear. I just yeah. looked them up in the Bible and I just every morning I would send a little thing from you version saying, here's a verse on do not, do not fear, do not fear, do not fear. And we do that. I do that for a section of time. You know, and then so then we hit this one about worrying and and this whole theme of, of you know, work, put your stories aside. And then uh, something hit me about, you know, this the same God. It's the same God, you know, that parted the Red Sea, Van, that gives us the ability and the thought to and he cares about the mix. He cares about something as simple as mixing because he cares about every single hair in our head. That's what it says in Matthew. Yeah. Like, why would he care about that? Because he does. So it's the same God that thinks huge and can part the Red Sea for thousands can also care about our mix or about how we're going to do this right. Or we're going to take the right steps. Or we're going to plug this cable in the right way. But we don't often call upon that for those small things because they're so small. You yeah. know, it's like the Red Sea is a big deal. Of course, we're going to pray about that. But this cable over here, God doesn't care. It's like, wait a minute. The verse says he does. The verse says he cares about every single hair in our head why would it say that because he does he cares about us he's so personal but he's also so so thirty thousand foot right yeah. that's the yeah. great he's a relationship and he's also this this god who cares about all and well, i go that's yeah, we don't and we, yeah we don't think about you know we we put human characteristics on god even yeah. though the bible you know lays out <laughs> yeah. the yeah. different characteristics of god right. <laughs> we we put human characteristics and we put li and and we put human limitations at the same time yeah and that's so, what the same god theme i just keep coming it's the same god i know you're worried right now but it's the same god you have the same god you can call upon for just you know for peace and for you know just for not worrying um it, it's the same god that helped daniel out of the lines then right well he can help us hang that pa we can call on that faith. It's the same faith, right? Yeah. We still have to work. We still have to do our job, right? And you still, Jesus, have, to be, you still Jesus, have to be good at it. <laughs> you have to be good at it. You know, and Jesus worked really hard. Yeah. Like, right? He, you know, we were talking about this in one of our Thursday calls. Um, I think Zach or Connor, one of my guys, was talking about this. It was like, yeah, I was reading in Matthew, you know, and man, Jesus worked hard. Everywhere he went. People were just coming to him, right? And yeah. he's supposed to go over there and teach on that mount. But, you know, it's like a tech person, right? You're walking over there, but somebody grabs you here and distracts you, right? right. You get this curveball. Like, oh, yeah, I got to go heal that person right now. Oh, wait, right. I was going to go. Let me keep walking. Oh, another person comes at you. Hey, it touches my cloak. Hey, whoa, who touched my cloak? You know, it's like Jesus didn't just ignore all them. He, yeah. he stopped and he helped, right? And so he worked hard. He was busy. He talked about resting. He had to rest sometimes, right? He had to, he had to get food. He got hungry. It's like, wow, that yeah. sounds familiar, right? We're just inundated with this. You know? And he was criticized by the very people that should have been supporting him uh, constantly. Yeah. So <laughs> that's familiar. That's yeah. that's a familiar uh, way to go. So in a weird way, Jesus was like a tech person in a church. Um, in a weird, in a weird he was a carpenter, <laughs> right? He was skilled. He was. He was. He was, he was, a, he was a builder, you know? Yeah. But well, you know, it's funny. Yeah, Van, you know, we talk about that um, and just all the pressures and everything going on. And one of the guys, uh, Connor, said on one of the calls, he said, you know what, you know, I've been doing this, man, I feel like I'm, my number's moving. And I go, he said, wow, it feels like uh, the same stresses are all here, but it just, it feels different, like I'm handling them differently. 
I'm yeah. looking at them differently. That's awesome. Right? Yeah, and that to me was like that again. I'm, I'm I'm learning a lot through through all this too, and it's like, wow, it's it's true. Like when you're spiritually healthy, like we talked about at the beginning, right? When you're spiritually healthy, the same pressures are all there. You just think about them differently. They come across differently, or you throw those worries up to God quicker than you used to, right? Instead of trying to deal with them and then go like, I, I can't do this anymore. God, help me. It's like, why don't you just throw that up to him in the first place? Yeah. It doesn't make them go away, but you just it, it's just a different pressure that you feel. And you still got to be good at what you do and just got to make those things happen. But, you know, it's just you, you look at life differently and it sounds so basic, man. I mean, I keep saying that to myself and the team was like, where was this before? What's always been here? Just you just didn't focus on it. Well, we're, I, I think, you know, in in production, we look at we're always, you know, looking down the road. You know, I, I, we were, I was talking to somebody the other day. I said, you know, tech directors what makes a good tech director, production manager, or anybody that's in charge of an event is they're, they're not just thinking about what's happening in the moment. They're thinking three steps ahead. They're thinking about, okay, well, what's going to happen when this song ends and we make a, a transition and the lights go out and we have to show this video and then the thing happens and then everybody else comes out and does their thing. And, you know, the people in charge, well, and everybody to a certain extent has to think those things, but the, the you have to be thinking about three steps ahead all the time. And so it's very easy to lose track of the simple mundane things that are, are super important, but because we're constantly thinking about moving the big chess pieces, we gotta, we gotta, you know, we gotta advance. We gotta get down the field. We gotta do this. And we're not thinking about our health while, while we're moving down the field at all and because it's coming at us and you know uh obviously saddleback is famous for and a lot of big churches are for just going 100 miles an hour it's always the next thing it's the whole shot but you can't um you have to you have to you have to pull the car in to the pits to change the tires you can't change the tires while the car's on the track and a lot of churches do that not just saddleback but a ton of churches and even a lot of smaller churches do it because they have less people to do the work. So they're constantly just doing the things. And, but if you're not a healthy person, you can't do the thing. You can't continue to do the things. And I I think there's, it's, I love that you said that because I feel like there's a, a correlation that we've never really thought of that goes with being spiritually healthy and then your team will grow. Right. We try to grow our teams. I've done this for years. And you, you, you could be, if you're pretty talented, you could grow a team regardless. Right. You could make yeah. people happen. But there's a correlation I'm seeing right now, like that spiritual health. If you're spiritually healthy, then your team is spiritually healthy. Then your t- team will grow, which is what you need to be physically healthy. Right. right. Yeah. You need the rest. You need the time. Right. But if you just chase after that and you're not spiritually healthy, I feel like there's a gap missing that I never really thought of. It's like, this has to be for, it's, there's a, there is an order. Yeah. I never thought there was an order, right? You do it all at the same time. And I go, mm, I don't know, because God has brought some amazing people to this team, man, that I, you know, that we were like, man, I need somebody. Whoa, here's a great name of somebody. Where'd that come from? And it's like, whoa. And, and, yep. you know, th- so I don't know. I, I, there's something there that I'm still working on and unpackaging because, because you know how I love to share some of those thoughts and how they work in sequence. Um, but I think there is something there that makes everything else flow more naturally together. If if you and your team are spiritually healthy, there's other pieces that fall along uh, pretty easily. Well, and I think that's as simple as, you know, what I've said for a long time. And, and, and I didn't learn this. I mean, it took me a long time to learn this is to uh, pray that God's going to bring the right person. And I think that is a spiritual, I think that's actually spiritual maturity um, is for a tech person, the tech person that's in charge to start praying for the right person to come along. Um, I remember uh, one of the places I was at where I was just like, I need this specific volunteer. I know that's wacky, but I need, I was joking. I go, I need like an old retired guy who is like a carpenter and electrician and kind of, you know what I mean? Can like build stuff that I don't have. Cause I can do all that but I just don't have time to, and I love building, but I don't have time to 
do it all. You know, I want somebody who can, I can like give a project to give some, give some sketchup drawings to and go, Hey, I'll get you whatever you need. I'll give you all the resources, the lumber, the screws, the whatever. And I prayed for this person and I'm not lying to you, Dennis, this guy, this old guy, like showed up (laughs) old guy. He was, you know, 10 years, only 10 years older than I was, but he was retired. He'd been an electrician. He knew how to build stuff. He's just like, I don't know. We guys, we just started coming to this church and it kind of felt like this is what we need to do. And he was a volunteer behind the scenes. Um, uh, he didn't actually do services at all. He was just behind the scenes. He built sets for me and lighting and all kinds of crazy. I mean, he built, you know, how those, you know, those little Dewey lights that I love so much, you know, that are on the stage, you know, he built me like 20 of those things. And like, I didn't have to do any of it. All I had to do is give him the stuff and he took it home, built it all. He built me like a mic locker. He all like hundreds of things. And it was only because I prayed. I just said, God, I need somebody with these specific gifts, you know, and it brings me back to, you know, when the temple was being built, God said over and over again, you have people out here in the children of Israel that have every skill that you will need to build my house, you know, and, and that's, I think that's goes along with the spiritual maturity of, and I think ultimately too, but I think we haven't talked about this, but I think people, we tech people have to humble ourselves sometimes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> I agree. And say, I can't do it all. I don't know everything. I need people around me that can, right. can do it. You know, yeah. um, it's, it's good. I, I totally agree with that. And, and I know the trap we fall in because we are looked at as, as the person with all the answers, right? Yeah. When our, when our church comes to us, they're like, well, well, Dennis or Van has all the answers. Well, they can figure it out. And then we almost like, yeah, we can't. Yeah, we're going to do that. And yeah. Yeah, you do that once, it's fine. You do that twice. You do that 40, 50 times, and you're trying to re- research and figure the best. It's like you don't, you don't know it all, right? Yeah, but we're yeah. looked at that way. So there is that, pr- there's that pride. Also that you love to rescue. You know, we have that feeling that like we love to rescue our own church. And that's not a bad thing. But it's it's hurt. It can be it's hurtful to you, right? You don't realize like you well, can't. When you want to become the savior, savior, right? And you start believing your own press. I would. That's what my dad always used to call it: believing your own press. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm like, I'm like, that's a dangerous. It's su- super dangerous to fall into that trap, because I had the real. I have a revelation all the time. I'm thinking these people are relying on. They think I'm the smartest person. They think I'm smart. Oh my gosh, we are in serious. I used to laugh and think man, we're in so much trouble because I don't know. <laughs> I don't have any idea what to do in this, you know, but my, my dad always, another thing my dad always said is have a Rolodex full of smarter people than you who are willing yeah. to take your phone call, yeah. you know? And so, um, you know, that's basically oh. how I've, I, so I tell people, I said, I'm not really that good at this stuff, but I have a, I, but I got a lot of really smart people who like yeah. me, who will take my phone call, right. you know, but, but I think you, you, you have to get to that point of hum, humbling yourself to say, I don't know. And I'm okay with that. But isn't it funny? Like, man, how many times have you had somebody on your team and you say, hey, I can't get this thing working. And and, and you'd say, hey, well, why don't you call the manufacturer? And they're like, well, you know, no, I'll get figured. It's like, why don't you just reach out to the expert? Because but, yep. but they feel like they can figure it out themselves, which they probably can eventually over time, right? Yeah. But you're like, no, there's people smarter than us. Just call that person and they'll be, they would love to help. You know, how many manufacturers, how many, right? Integrators, like, I would love to help you solve that. You don't have to worry about that. But we almost, we do. We feel like we, we're supposed to, or there's a pride, or there's a, like you said, a savior complex, like in there that. Like, yeah, it's real. Get over that. Right? We got to get over that. Well, and the other thing is, I think, I, I think the, I think the dangerous part about that, without going into why I think that, people who know will know what i'm talking about uh you you really do though have to be smart about who you ask for help Mm. um you know uh there's a lot of things on social media now where we have people that have been mixing on an x32 for six months are asking expert advice from people who have been working on an x32 for seven months and acting like that person is the smartest person in the world and they're not taking them down a, the right path. So yeah. you still have to be very careful about who you ask, but you have to ask. 
a hundred percent you have to ask. And, and I think to your point is most people don't realize that people like you and me have been doing this a very long time. The way, a lot of the way we got smart was to talk to people that had driven down that road way before us and done it well, you know, um, that's what all the conferences are about. Ultimately, that's what all the, all the stuff that you and I've been involved with that where you and I get to meet Dennis and I always have this joke that we live literally 45 minutes from each other, but we never saw each other unless we were in like Chicago or, (laughs) or whatever, or Boston or or, or Dallas or whatever. Yeah. We'd actually, we'd actually hang out, but we would be thousands of miles from home and we live 45 minutes from each other. But uh, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that you have to hit your wagon to people that are actually going to help you then they're going to be smart and make smart decisions and smart advice. Um, you just don't, you know, and, and what I tell people all the time is I say, look, if there's a big church and, you know, if you're a small church and there's a big church in your town and it's a big church, go talk, find out who the tech people are. Most of them would be happy to answer questions. They're, they, you know, this community yeah. is, this is a great community, you know, I, yeah, I, I guess, yeah, you're, that's a, that's great insight, man, because, I guess I've never met a production person, a tech person that didn't have an opinion about stuff, right? Everybody has their <laughs> opinion, right? Like about what's right. the best console or what's the best. I can't. Everybody, everybody has their opinion and their preference. Like what pieces are the best, right? And like you got to weigh that. That's opinion, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then there's fact. You can do the shootout and see the facts and go, okay. And you can still have an opinion that you choose one or the other, but you're yeah. right. I mean, you have to be careful who yeah, you, their opinions. And you can listen right. to them. Okay, great. Take that opinion. But yeah, you know, we've learned, like you said, over time, you know, there, there are proven, <laughs> proven yeah. people in the industry and people, you know, relationships that, that go, okay, this guy's a smart dude. This person yeah. thoroughly thought through this and not just tried it one time. Kind yeah. Of and, and you're going to find that the smartest people, the, the people that you think are smart and that are smart have smarter people than them yes. that they, they are talking they, to. They, all all the time i mean everybody that i see as a mentor uh will always tell me they have mentors they have people that they talk to all the time and and that's you know that's smart because you just you can't be on an island and you know um you gotta you gotta go and and you gotta be humble and that's a humility thing and like you said that's just there's a savior complex thing that i think a lot of all i think actually all technical people have it um it's just uh i have it but i have to keep it at i've learned to keep it at bay uh, as much as possible um you know and so i think that's i i think but to go back to the spiritual thing i think having a spiritual foundation even though we're, you know, we, we're working in church. This is a church tech podcast, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but actually having a spiritual right. foundation helps keep you from being, yeah. from, from doing that. Totally. No, that's, that's really good. And I guess I've been, I'm starting to use, that's good. Cause I want to make a distinction too. Yeah. The whole spiritual health and, and being healthy. I feel like it's just not a priority all the time. I guess that's for me, that's a, that's a better way to, because yeah, we work at a church, you know, there's an expectation. Yeah. That you're a Christian obviously. And that, you know, that you believe in what your church believes in and, right. and, and those things. But I just, I feel like for me, particularly it had not been a priority, even though I thought it was mm-hmm. for a long time. Not a, no, it was a, it was not a priority for me for most yeah. of my, most of my tenure in church. I will, I'll, uh, I'll yeah. tell you that. And, and there's a lot to do, right. There's so much yeah. to do. Well, and I was at, I was, and, 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 you know, I've said this before, a lot of the time when I was at Saddleback, I was healing from some really, you know, my best friend Pete had died right like a year before I started working there. And I was in a huge spiritual depression and depression in general. And here I am mixing the services for this huge church every week, you know, and I'm, and inside I'm just, I'm not where yeah. I needed to be, you know, and, and, but God still used me and God still Absolutely. touched me right. and, and God spoke to me huge, uh, you know, and, and, and was faithful every day and just kept, you know, one of the things I think from, from all this, and I think, you know, your story is no exception. Certainly mine hasn't been is that man, God, I think the reason that I keep supporting and wanting to help the bride, you know, the church, 
the big C church is because God has never given up on me. And, um, you know, I, I really feel like, you know, uh, what did God tell Hosea? You know what I mean? Take her back, take her back. And that's what God's always done for me. And that's what I always would do for the church. I mean, I've had people say, Oh man, you know, especially when you become an integrator, it's like, uh, churches are crazy. They're all over the map. They're all this, whatever, you know? And that's what I said right before I became a full-time staff member. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, I told, in fact, I remember telling, I remember telling Ken Robertson, I'm not, I will not work full-time for a church because there's too much politics. Churches are crazy. The whole shot. And the company I worked for, we dealt with churches all the time. And of course God laughs and you know, three months later, I'm mixing all the Christmas services uh, and I'm on staff, but cause you never tell God that. Right. Yes. But, uh, but you know, the bottom line is the very reason that the church is made up of flawed people like me is the very reason. And that God never gives up is the very reason that I continue to want to serve the church. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah, um, the greatest heroes in the Bible are all flawed. Every oh. single one of them immensely right? oh yeah. i mean but, some people are murderers and uh, yeah, I mean, right. it's bad like you right. know yeah. you know you think you've done something bad wow no you like all you have to do is read the the old testament and the new testament it doesn't yeah. matter i mean it's read like it's, it gets it's re- we, all, we talk about it all the time the disciples themselves yeah it's rogues the, rogues the gallery yeah yeah it was a rogues yeah. gallery man yeah like, yeah it's like a, it was like a pirates of the caribbean movie <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, honestly, it was, it was just like, you know, and, and Jesus pat bypassed all the spiritually perfect people. Right. He bypassed all those people and went right to these people and, 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 and they changed the world. I always tell people that I said, it's a bunch of like fishermen and tax collectors changed the world, it's you know, production people and a bunch of, I mean, you know, yeah, no, I, the same thing. I mean, I've been rereading like, you know, the, the gospels you know, over and over as I'm rereading, you know, I just keep going through again. And I'm like, look at the people he picked mm-hmm. the closest 12. Yeah. A tax collector. I mean, a guy that killed Christians. I mean, like, like, like yeah. whoa, what did he pick? Like, Oh my goodness. He didn't yeah. pick Bible scholars. Like you said, he no. didn't pick guys that were book study heavy in, in that he picked the average guys out there. Well, and, and, you know, then this is something that, that I always remember Rick talking about. He says, look, he, he, this person's story was so important that he made sure it got in the Bible. So it would be told to people for thousands and thousands of years, you know, like Mary Magdalene and, you know, the woman at the well and the woman who was being going to be stoned. And these people's story were so important that they were immortalized in God's word because God wanted to show redemption and forgiveness and grace and, and all those things. We forget that, but those are the stories of the people that God loves, you know, not that God doesn't love the Pharisees. He does, but he's, you know, I think I posted the other day. I said, you you have to remember that the Jesus was a lot harder on the Pharisees than he was on the Romans. (laughs) you know um yeah so well you know you and i could just talk forever and uh we've we've been we've been we've been going for for a while before this right before we were talking before this forever well and i tried to keep it short because i've i've started to get this habit where i've been talking to people i've i've been on the podcast i you know we're like an hour and 45 minutes in and i go oh i need to hit record um Right. So yeah. going back to the old church tech weekly days when we have like a three hour pre-show, <laughs> that's right. yeah, that's right. yeah. but uh, yeah. So anyway, well, Dennis, as usual, it is always such a, a, just a joy to talk to you. It's one of my, you're one of my favorite people. Uh, we don't get to hang out that much, but we, we should. Um, and uh, we still live 45 minutes away and we still don't really see each other that much. <laughs> But uh, yeah. I tried to take you to lunch a, a while back, but you 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 you, you, you weren't did. able to go. But well, yep. we'll still make that happen. But um, anyway, uh, if people want to ask you questions or get a hold of you, kind of what's that? What's the best way of doing that? Yeah, um, the, you email me. I can email. I can answer emails at night. You know, in a day. You know, the, that's that's the easiest. Um, and just Dennis C at Saddleback dot com. You can send it there. Um, I also started that church tech 
um, coach at gmail.com. Um, I, I started this kind of in the, in the COVID time, you know, sort of trying to be a coach to people and, and counsel and share. And it's, it's been good. Um, but I haven't pushed it very, very much. Um, but uh, church, church, church tech coast coach, coach church at, tech coach yeah, at gmail.com. Okay. And all that stuff folks will be on the soundbooth.com in the show notes. So if you yeah. don't have to write it down this minute. Yeah. yeah. So, but no, I so appreciate you, man. You know, I do, man, this, this no, I, side yeah. thing you do, that's not your job that you've yeah. been doing for years off and on, you know, different forms. This, what you provide for people is a huge impact um, for the kingdom. Uh, just hearing people's stories, people in ministry and how they live it, how they live through this. I love it. I really Thanks. do. And you I, are meant for it, my friend. You are awesome. I it. appreciate that. Yeah, this is God's gift. You are God's gift uh, in this way. So please keep doing it, my friend. Please. Uh, well, for the for for a while, I, I keep getting pushed back into it. I keep getting told. Yeah. I, I, I keep going. Oh, I don't want to do this anymore. And then, of course, we yeah. start a bunch more podcasts. Yeah. And as I told you earlier, although we're not announcing it quite yet, um, we are starting uh, two or three more podcasts. There's yeah. going to and and I people I I've been saying this on the the show for about a couple months now so listeners are starting to get upset they're i'm sure they're gonna like stop talking about it. tell us what you're doing but it's not quite ready yet we're so close websites are happening other people are doing podcasts they're recording them right now we're getting everything going on but people don't know you guys all know if you're working in church you know that doing a pod getting a podcast feed going there's a lot of like moving pieces yeah you know yeah. you got to have you got to record it you got to produce it and then you got to get your rss feeds you got to get right. itunes happening spotify all the things right. and so multiple podcasts take time so we're doing that in the background too but yeah i think you guys are going to like it but Love it. dennis will certainly be a part of that um so dennis thank you so much um we are recording this i have to tell you you are a you are a good friend and a trooper because we're recording this on good friday morning <laughs> <laughs> Yes, <laughs> but for you, but for you guys, you've already been doing it. How so? This is Good Friday. So, how when did you guys uh, start services? Yeah, uh, yesterday was our first Easter services. Like, right. yeah. so then we'll go, obviously go through the weekend. But right. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It, hey, it's an honor. It is. It is, man. It's an honor to be with you and talk with you. Cool. Good Friday or not, man. I'll do it anytime. Awesome.